the cloud program at Microsoft is growing. Danny alluded to the stock price being an indicator of that, and I very much agree. Um, Microsoft's gone from being kind of an old school vendor, right? When you compare it to Google or Amazon, these other players, to being a modern cloud vendor in the space. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Organizations have many reasons to move to the cloud. Efficiency, cost control, agility, these are just to name a few. While security may not be on the top of the list or determine which cloud provider you should choose, what questions do you have? What's actually going to be taking place? We know now more than ever before, we've seen the strategy that Microsoft is doing. We've seen the strategy that Google is doing, AWS is doing. They're doing everything in the cloud. It's not only making life a little bit easier for the end user client, but it's also making them much more profitable when we think about monthly recurring revenue. Look at their stock. If you want to know how they're doing, just look at their stock. But if you're looking for an organization that's going to give you tailored support for these curated cloud solutions, a go-to-marketing strategy, go-to-marketing experts that they have in-house, our next guest and his company is the one that I would highly recommend. Now, I'm not that biased. I used to work for this organization, but I would tell you, they're among some of the best, not just here in the United States or in Canada, but they're among the best when it comes to a provider globally. With us today on the Twins Talking Up podcast, we have Michael Slater. He's the head of sales at Sherwell for the Channel Marketplace. Not only is that, he's a good friend of mine. We've worked many, many times together in the past while I was at Sherweb, even outside of Sherweb. I have to ask myself, who travels more, Michael or myself? Who speaks more? <laughs> so he is responsible for all the Microsoft third-party vendor strategic solutions. And if you're going to go to a conference, more than likely, you're going to see Michael or a member of his team at that event at conference as well. Now, Sherweb has more than 6,500 partners worldwide. This is what I really love about Sherp. They're always about crafting the right solution for you as a partner. They've acquired other organizations, such as an HR company, such as a service desk company, to make sure that MSP can have a one-stop shop when it comes to taking care of their clients. Sherp, in essence, they were born in the cloud. They were actually first to help partners before the cloud was even big when you think about it. They started off as a host provider, and to this day, they continue to innovate and find best ways to help their MSPs. Excited to have you on the Twins Talking Up podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate being here. That is the single best intro I've ever seen on a podcast. So I don't know if they give awards for that on some online uh, thing, but they should, and you should be the winner, brother. Bring me back to uh, your annual conference. I was the MC at one of your conferences. <laughs> Bring me back up. I'll be excited. Only if you got that blue suit. That's the only way I you're do. coming up. Good stuff. Now, Michael, um, we're excited to have you. One, because we have a lot of people that come on our, our show. A lot of individuals come on, they're either technical or they're business focused and they have a sales background. You have a background where you're both technical and your sales, but not only that, you also are articulate and speak very well when it comes to going to these events. How did you put Thank all you. that together? How did it all happen? Because 
you've done a really good job in helping MSPs who are technical understand what Sherpa can do, but you also taught them how to take this very technical concept and actually make it business focused for their clients. So how did you put it all together? That's a, that's a fantastic question. So uh, the genesis of it would be, I was a terrible support person. So I always preface that. I, I'm not sure you heard the story, but um, when I was working at Ericsson, I was, I was on the support line, you know, grueling work, you're answering tickets, you're working with these big channel partners that are like carriers of the biggest magnitude and you're doing these tickets. And I didn't really love what I was doing. It was just something I was kind of doing because I was out of school and I needed a job. So I, I went to my boss and I said, hey, I, I had these great aspirations. I want to do this. He looked at me and he said, Mike, you're a terrible support guy. Uh, it's just my ego was so hurt in that moment. I was so wounded. He's like, I'd probably fire you, but you work all the holidays, so we're going to keep you. But you should maybe look into sales engineering. So fast forward years and years later, um, Eric said they downsized my unit. We all got laid off. I had to go into the workforce again. And I was like, hey, maybe I should give this a shot because I think maybe I could do sales. People seem to like my advice. I like the technical selling aspect, like the advisory component, solution, designing. It's always been fun to me. Um, so I got into the sales point of view. So I stumbled from my first 500 sales calls. I had clients I did free technical support for if they would buy stuff for me. That was my secret to success. Um, not great. But again, over time, I learned and I got better and better. And so it's kind of I got the position I am now. But I've always kind of leaned on is both, right? What's your point, Danny? If you have a technical buyer, I'd have a technical conversation. If I have more of a business owner, then I have a sales business conversation. And the ability to do both is something I try to strongly articulate in SureWeb. And it's something I think a lot of our team does well is that we can have both conversations with your prospective business, right? Whether it's a technical win or a sales win, we can kind of help both. So that's why I got to where I am and why it's so important to me because I feel like for what we do, you need to understand both to have effective conversations, either with buyers, with MSPs, with everybody up and down the channel for technology. Michael, this is David. I will share with our audience today is you've got to be aware of who you are speaking with. When you do your research and you know your audience, you could tailor your message that will make the most sense and hit where they need you to address. So I appreciate you sharing about the diversity of your background, how you're able to use that, and literally make the connection with the target audience. I want to ask you, Michael, what are the benefits for these managed service providers to work with indirect providers like SureWeb, rather than going directly to the source a la Microsoft? So there's many benefits. What I think probably is the key one is you're going to definitely get a lot more attention. And I mean that in every way possible. You're going to get a lot more technical attention, a lot more sales attention, um, a lot more support attention. So, you know, Microsoft's channel program, especially for cloud, because I, I talk with Microsoft um, twice a week, right? Different parts of it, Corp, US sub, Canada sub, any other entity. And they always say the same thing. You know, this cloud program at Microsoft is growing. Danny alluded to the stock price being an indicator of that. And I very much agree. Um, Microsoft's gone from being kind of an old school vendor right? When you compare it to Google or Amazon, these other players, to being a modern cloud vendor in the space. So with the, you know, hyper growth comes hyper chaos. So Microsoft has grown so much in this thing that they are relying more and more on their IPs or indirect providers to kind of help leverage um, performance for the channel. So going during Microsoft isn't what it used to be, right? You have trouble generally having an account manager just because they, you know there's a lack of them for the Microsoft team for managed partners. Um, support's expensive. You're paying a $50,000 a year support contract that again, you're getting the same thing you get from indirect provider. Um, you're not really getting tailored advice or business insight because even at the end of the day, um, a lot of Microsoft direct partners, the ones that are even telling me they're not even getting a lot of business help from Microsoft. It's mostly a 
a commercial conversation, right? Because the targets are high and the resources are thin and Microsoft's growing so quickly, you know, they're doing their best, but they need other team members, other folks to help them out. So you deal with an IP. And again, it's not just Sherwood, I'll be completely transparent. There are other people that do a great job of it, but I think we do it the best and the longest is that tailored approach to your business is understanding what you're trying to do. It's aligning your goals. And it's really helping to be more of a business partner, a business coach than just being a transactional place you buy licensing from. So that I think is the shift between the two of them. Um, and I really, I've seen, let me put it this way. In the last five years I've been doing this, um, when I first started, I met Danny and doing this before I, even I was, you know, we definitely noticed that Microsoft was pushing people away from being a direct provider and into the indirect space for that specific reason. Microsoft doesn't do it because they don't like you, because they don't like MSPs. They just know that distribution or IPs, especially cloud IPs, can offer better support and service to help you propel your business. And that's why they choose to rely on us to help do that. This is Danny, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Michael. You're absolutely correct. I, unless you're a billion-dollar company going to, going to Microsoft, you may not get that special attention. But one of the great things I love about where I used to be is that when they deal with MSPs, you're going to get that special attention. So let's talk about that. You spoke about not only getting special attention, getting coaching and all that other stuff. From the health pandemic that we've had recently, some people say we're still in it at this moment. What has been the effort that Sherwood has forth to really help these MSPs when it comes to development, when it comes to training, when it comes to helping them with marketing and sales? I want to tell you that I think a lot of times if you're going direct, unless you're making a lot of revenue and you're building up that partner portal directly with Microsoft or someone else, you may not get these aspects presented to you. You might be too small. But what is Sherweb done and what have you done to really help these partners from the impact, from the economy, the impact, from the health pandemic to really beef up recruitment, sales, training, coaching, marketing, all that stuff. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. So I think well, where kind of the change happened is that we saw a big shift in the technology people were buying from us, right? So if we kind of look back at, you know, pre-pandemic buying patterns, it was very much focused on, well, we have a slow cloud transition that's going to occur and we're going to digitally transform this customer 
over a period of two years to, okay, I need to digitally transform this client in two weeks now. So we had all this cloud spin up very rapidly, right? And cloud's great. Um, and as much as, you know, our friends at Microsoft, and I love them to death, has said cloud is secure, cloud is this, cloud is that. It's not. So the primary thing we've been helping our team with and our folks with is the cloud security conversation. Because a lot of assumptions go into cloud. Um, again, people think cloud is, is safe. They think cloud is redundant. They think cloud is this and that. In reality, it represents a new series of challenges, right? Those things being how do we handle security? So I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this right now, but Azure fraud is on the rise. So there's a lot of bad actors who are going in on the weekends, right? So they're smart on a Friday night, breaking into someone's Azure sub, spinning up a bunch of crypto mining servers and just going ham over a weekend. And this has dramatic effects. We're talking two, $300,000 frauds that are happening, right? To small mom and pa tire shops in rural Minnesota. Like it's very, very painful, right? So the security conversation education piece is really what we're focusing and helping folks on right now. You know, why is MFA important? How do you get your, your uh, end users to agree to that, right? Because a lot of people, they view security as an obstacle to productivity, right? That's your initial response. Oh, why do I need to filter my emails? Why do I need a password that's 15 digits long? Why, 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 why? So Shurub's goal is to take the why out of it and to induce a lot of training to help have that conversation with your end users to be like, hey, security is top of mind. You spent all this money to go to cloud. We're so happy for you that you're now you're productive. You can work anywhere, you know, remote, you're hybrid, you're whatever you need to be. But now we need to secure those tenants. And that's a big focus of my team last year. And it's the same focus this year going into 2023 at Walnut Shift. Awesome. This is Danny. And I'm, I, I want to tell you that I heard you say something magical. And tell I think me. a lot of MSPs, they forget this. All people are being hacked. All people are having issues. All people are, are what we call having a fraud player hurt your client. You do not want to be that managed service provider who does not have a solution in place. You want to make sure you have something that's going to protect your clients. What is that going to look like? Well, why don't you reach out to the, Michael and his team and they'll help walk you through that process. What we're seeing today is that cybersecurity incidents are happening more and more in the SMB space than ever before. No longer can a client say, well, that's not going to happen to me. I'm too small. It's going to happen. So there's thousands of cybersecurity products in the marketplace. There's thousands. Every conference I go to, every conference you go to, oh, yeah. think about it. How many cybersecurity vendors are there? Thousands of them, right? There's so I don't know about you, Danny, uh, but I call it cybersecurity alley now. Exactly. When you walk down and there's just 25 booths and like, is this all the same thing? I can't tell. Yeah, exactly. There's a MFA, there's identity access management, there's a SOC, cybersecurity sock in a box, there's compliance, there's all the stuff that's out there. Everything. So when a partner comes to you, Michael, and your team, how do you navigate, how do you help them navigate this complex cybersecurity landscape? Because at the end of the day, if I'm an MSP, I don't have time to go around and figure out which product to use, which solution to offer to my clients. I just don't have the time. I have to do support tickets. I have to drive on site to do break fix or whatever it may be, I got to trust my indirect provider to tell me, Danny, slow down. Here's the strategy you need to have. Here's how you need to go forward because I've studied your account enough. This is what's going to help you. So how do you help your MSPs that come to you and say, you know, I just saw this new cybersecurity product at a client that uh, at a conference and I like what they have. How do you help? So a lot of it comes down to the way that the accounts are managed, right? So, you know, a, a little bit of a secret to our success, Danny, and if you remember this, is our annual business review process, right? Mm -hmm. So you were part of that training, I think you probably would remember that from a couple of years ago. Well, we still do it. So a big part of it is evaluating what's in the partner's tech stack. So for example, we have a lot of partners that are what we call them what security uh, 1.0 structure. So they're doing two things usually. They're doing backup and EPP. So if you do backup, right, that's kind of 
uh, remediation in a way, not really, but you're kind of like, if the worst case scenario happens and I'm crypto locked, I have the data somewhere in a third party, right? Or they do EPP that stops very basic known threats that are well-documented with recognizable footholds. Great. But then how do we handle actual attacks? How do we respond to that, right? So then we introduce more complex products to the partner. We say, great, now that you have your security 1.0 covered, we now look at security 2.0. Security 2.0 involves things like EDR, right? Extended detection and response, MDR, managed detection and response, um, or XDR, right? Truly extended detection and response with like co-manager the vendor, where there's live people reviewing logs, checking data, and making assessments on threats, right? So we're looking at really as a wider gambit of things. As we have these discussions, we basically layer on security. So we go at the partner's pace. We always push them a little bit because you have to, right? To be like, look, it's great that you're doing this, but there has to be preventative medicine. There has to be active protection. And then there has to be a remediation plan in place, right? Those are just three basic things out of like a seven layer security process we could talk all day about. But we make sure that they have an understanding of it. And that's a great way to get them upskilled. And one last little throw in is because our marketplace is curated, right? we're very picky with the vendors we put in, we have a lot of vendors that will do the handholding for the partner, especially for the first couple. So if you're interested right now, Malwarebytes and Trend Micro are doing white gloving for all of our partners. We can get you set up with some next-gen EDR, MDR solutions in like less than a day, realistically, if you really want to get it done. So just good news for partners. We'll help you pick these solutions. That's awesome. This is David. I'm glad that you were able to touch on that. I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, Mike. You talked about the health pandemic and how that's made a lot of different organizations think about how they work with their clients, how they work with different organizations. So do you have any thoughts on the shift of these organizations, how they've gone more towards a hybrid work model and perhaps an increase in desktop virtualization? I mean, these virtualized work environments got to bring up the concern around security you've been talking about. So what are you doing in terms of working with these organizations to adjust to their own hybrid work models? Interesting. So there's there's two things in there I'll unpack. So the first thing I will say is I love AVD for security because if you control the desktop, truly control it like you do in a virtual environment, you're controlling all the shadow IT, you're controlling all, all the permissions, you have a really granular level of access that's unprecedented anywhere else. So I think AVD is an Excellent example of that, or any kind of remote desktop solution. So if I look at SureWeb, almost all of our infrastructure projects, I mean, like half of them are all related to virtualization of desktop, right? And I think it's a great way to control the desktop because the old adage is, you know, you control the desktop, you control the user, you control the application. So the benefits this gives too is also for the partner, not only are you securing the tenant, you're also picking what goes on there too, in terms of you as a partner and what selling and value you're showing to the, to the client, right? Because the thing that sucks about security is if you're doing it well, you don't have a lot to talk to your customer about sometimes. It's if no news is good news in one way when it comes to cybersecurity. So this is a way that, you know, being involved in owning that conversation, telling them what they're running, having reporting, having a level of control is a good thing. So I'd say that this actually answers it. Now to the VIT, to the AVD question of what we're doing around that, that's the thing we're super set to do. So make sure we're unique is we actually have a team that can help with different types of this product. Everything from really simple RDS builds, right? Using our private cloud services. So you can basically virtualize legacy applications that only work in like an older Windows environment to straight up Windows 365 virtual desktops. We can help you set up with those too. So there's really a wide variety of what we could do. And we help the partners pick, pick the best virtual desktop solution based on the need of their clients, right? So we got a great process to go through that. We have a really awesome, quick digital form you can go through. So you can have a conversation about AVD and again, like a day, right? If you do everything right, the paperwork goes through correctly. We can help you pick that solution. It kind of goes back to that bespoke hands-on service. So long and short is, I think AVD is the security answer for a lot of people, at least from a point of like high 
highly controlling and, and remediating user risk. And I think that Sherpa is a great place to have that desktop conversation if you're an MSP. That's awesome. This is David again, Michael. And I want to I want to jump into something that Dan touched on in his introduction of you and your organization. Of course. You guys are growing like crazy. And that's actually a good sign. When you see companies acquiring other organizations, that's a good sign that that company is healthy that company's taking advantage of perhaps areas that they did not have as an offering for their clients, you are growing. Can you tell us about some of these acquisitions that you guys have had and how this is going to benefit your MSPs? You got it. So um, my favorite story is, is to talk about the GMS acquisition. So that, that's the first and foremost I'll kind of talk about because that's the most interesting one. The other ones are great, but this one for MSPs is, is a game changer. So I want to talk about that. Um, so about two years ago, maybe a little bit less than that, um, we acquired a company called GMS, Global Mentoring Solutions. So GMS is a MSP favorite. It's been around for a long time, about 20 years, and is an outsourced help desk. So we acquired it like a couple of months, like into like, the pandemic. Like we got really lucky on timing. So this is before the great, uh, resonation started and we started seeing the labor storage kind of kick into full effect. So what this means is we actually had a product that was ready to go where we added hundreds of certified techs. We're talking 15 techs or sorry, 15 certifications per tech to our roster of our support offering, right? So going from already having six or 700 support people working at SureWeb, we added an additional 300 to that number, right? So in terms of IPs, we have one of the most robust support organizations, right? So we went in there, we offered it. So not only are we going to do what we call the white label support for partners for free that we've always offered that makes us a great partner. As a paid service, we can even handle your level one and level two. And we can do everything for every product, not just cloud, but on-prem too, as long as you have proper documentation software. So we're supporting this hybrid environment that so you guys touched on, right? So where people are pure cloud, or they have some on-prem productivity or telephone solutions, we can support the 360 environment for the IT provider, right? Regardless of what you're deploying and how you're doing it. So that is a game changer in the terms of the IP space. It's creating an environment, actually me and my boss debate, because mine is sell everything, support everything. His is, uh, I think, uh, sell anything, support everyone. We have a difference of opinion, but it does the same thing. Uh, regardless of this, doesn't matter what product you have, where your business is at, we can augment and support what you're doing. And I think that was a great acquisition that Peter and Matthew made in terms of viability and market demand. This is Danny. I think that it's really important for our audience to understand that what Michael is saying is unique. ShareWeb has been buying and acquiring other organizations to actually provide a better support for MSPs so that they can do what they do best, which is actually go out and make better connections with their clients to find new clients and then making sure they can actually outsource the rest of the components to ShareWeb. If you are trying to grow your company, there's a couple of ways to do it. You can acquire another company or you can invest in your own business and hire thousands of people. Well, what if you can't do either of those? You want to make sure you leverage a partner that can actually help augment what you did so that you can go out and find more business. So SureWeb has actually acquired another company that can provide that for you. And that's why Michael brought up this organization. And there's many other organizations that SureWeb has acquired an HR company, a uh, a cloud PBX company, they've acquired a lot of these practices, but really at the end of the day, it's allow you to do what you do best. And that's to drive new business with your client and allow them to do the rest for you. And that's really 100%. what I really appreciate. Now, Microsoft went through this aspect this year. Some people liked it. Some people have not, where they've actually changed the landscape with their new NCE. Um, and some people liked it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who, right? But um, yes, not many people did. Sure. But there's also another thing they did that's really happening back to back. They changed their partner program. Correct. They've actually changed it and had six segments where you can specialize in. This relatively happened within a 12-month time frame back to back. 
And a lot of small MSPs had a hard time adjusting not only to NC, but also having to realize that, man, their score, their rating is really low now with this new system of six specialization. How are you preparing partners and how are you educating partners to really have the best possible chance to be successful with this going forward, specifically in 2023? Great question. So, um, and you're right, it was short. So change number one was effective March and change number two was effective November. So it was more like nine or 10 months, uh, really, really short time frame, And something that Shrub's obsessed with, to be honest with you. So what I'll do is I'll give you sort of the timeline, abbreviated version, obviously, otherwise we could have a whole episode talking about this, much to our Microsoft chagrin. But what we'll do is we'll focus on the highlights. So the first change was NC, right, where we kind of made the big, big commitment where we switched to annual licensing or a price increase if you weren't on that boat, right? So that was kind of the first stage. Stage number two is the MCP program or Microsoft Cloud Partner program. So this was a big change. So what it changed, in my opinion, the greatest one is it aligned the Microsoft channel, which was kind of separated, right? So you had Microsoft reps being paid on this here. You had distributors being graded and paid here, and you have partners being graded and paid here. And they're all kind of disjointed. They're all kind of on separate goals. So with the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program, much of it is challenging, we're all rolling in the same direction now, right? Because it's composed of the three things that Microsoft cares about internally, externally with their distributors and externally to their down channel into the MSP market, right? So it's grading on three different things. It's grading on your certifications, which we are graded on everyone and Microsoft employees are graded on. They're all required to get all three certs if you're partner facing. People don't know that, but that's true. You're required to also get net new business, right? So net new business to Microsoft is represented as NPSA, net partner seat ad. So, so you don't know what that is, you should know. That's a new seat. Now, what that definition is changes depending on who you talk to, but that could be everything from a defender license. So if you add more defender licenses, you increase that number. Another thing we're looking at too well is your upsell. So how can you convert those business basic licenses into what Microsoft calls hero SKU? So think of the E-series, for example. So that's where we're kind of being graded on. So Sherb actually developed a program to help you with the first problem, which was the licensing aspect, a second program to help you understand your benefits and how to get them. And now we're addressing the third problem you haven't mentioned yet, but effective uh, January 1st, if you don't have all your incentives lined up and you haven't tried into the new commerce platform, you will lose your incentives starting January 1st. So there's a third transition happening within that calendar year, right? Where we're gonna have to make sure that if you still wanna get access to your incentives that you're getting, your 4% on certain licenses, your 20% on certain licenses, you have to make sure you're an NC or you're gonna lose it. So that's another thing you need to realize. So there's actually three changes this year happening. And the third one, we're ready to talk about. So with our Mulver managed partners, we've already had that discussion. We've been ahead of this curve for months now. Like we were with NCE, like we were with MCP, and now this incentive change, we're also ready to have this conversation too. Because we believe in prior planning, prevents poor performance, let's put it that way. So we're all geared up, ready to go. And that's the answers we have to that question. This is David and Michael, let me throw this out for our listening audience. Sure. Prior planning prevents poor performance. I thought that was awesome. I love that. And this is why I was from my dad, by the way, and he didn't use the word poor, just so you know. (laughs) But anyway, continue. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to give you a lot of credit here. I love that. But but here's why I think this is so important, because when Danny and uh, some of his uh, partners wanted to start the Black Channel Partner Alliance, and we knew that when Microsoft were making these changes, we had to have an educational forum for our partners. And we were able to bring in 
Microsoft, and they were able to explain the different changes because most of these MSPs had no clue. They were just literally failing and, and trying to stay afloat above water. And this is why you coming in and teaching and helping your partners understand this is what to focus on, this is what to look for, is the best solution. So I'm glad you did that. But the reason why I brought up the whole point about prior planning preventing poor performance is because it leads to what I want to ask you next. As you know, my twin and I are both public speakers. We're keynote speakers. We're speaking at conferences. And you are often on the stage as well as a speaker. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about your travels. You speak on behalf of SureWeb. You're going to different conferences, different cities. Are there areas of the country, of the continent of the world that you enjoy more than others? And what is it about getting on stage that you love? Sure. So I think for me, so being being in Canada, um, I really love being somewhere in the south in the winter. That's my automatic default. Like there's something beautiful when it's, you know, 10 degrees here. And then I go to Dallas and it's like 90. There's something magical about that. I'm not going to lie that you just can't quite put your finger on. So I'd say overall, it's very seasonal for me. Um, I love going there. I generally speaking, enjoy going to places where we have the most partners. So for me, it's really about the, the quality of the conversation than the place, because I'm sure Danny can agree to this, like a hotel room is a hotel room after a while, right? Doesn't matter how nice it is, doesn't matter where it is, it all kind of blends together into like, oh, this is a Hyatt, oh, this is a Marriott, it's all the same. So really it's the communities I enter in that I really get the most value out of. And for a question about, about the speaking, probably my favorite thing is having the impact. So I love that feeling of conne of uh, connection. So I read a sales book years and years ago um, that I still love. And the book that had a discussion, it's called Building the Yes Train, building that consensus with your prospect. So I feel like that's fun to do on a one-to-one. But when you could do it in front of a couple hundred people, maybe a thousand people, that yes train is so much more endorphin producing, right? Um, I also love how it challenges me to be better because I feel like, you know, I'm always chasing the next thing, right? I'm still chasing Danny for public speaking ability, by the way. I think he's still one of the best guys I've ever seen in the field. But it's good because, like, it, it gives me something to chase after, right? Uh, Rob Ray, same thing, right? Another big guy in the space that I respect a lot, right? Um, he's a fantastic public speaker. So I love the challenge it makes for me to be better. Right. And I find the community of people in the MSP that do the public speaking, we're all raising the bar. There's a lot of friendly competition that makes us all better. And that's something I really, really, really enjoy. Uh, as I'm not very athletic, I suck at organized sports. So this is my one place to compete in and do well. And I feel like I do good in. So uh, I'm glad to have that competition with like-minded people and great guys like Danny. This is Danny. Michael, thank you for breaking that down. I'm very glad to be in the same conversation with Rob Ray. He's definitely one of the uh, premier speakers when it comes to any type of uh, MSP event. So it has been incredible knowing that you do an excellent job representing your organization at these events. All this traveling, you said it. I got to a point, I was just so exhausted. I lived on a plane, lived lived in a hotel. I was just taking taxis everywhere globally. And when I went to Sherbert, it was just North America. But there was a time I was actually in Asia for two weeks straight, or I was in uh, Eurasia and Europe. It, it's just very, very tiring. But one thing that always made it worth it was to speak face-to-face -face with real partners and that always made it worth the 12 to 13 hour trips flights and all that stuff so i really appreciate that and you travel just as much or maybe more than i do today and because you're coming from canada to the u.s and you said hey especially during winter it's great during the winter to be down in the u.s have you ever just thought about the fact that sure as majority of their revenue is in the u.s majority of your travels in the u.s have you ever just thought about hey Maybe I should just relocate to the U.S. My French is not as great as it should be anyways, but have you ever thought about 
Welcome to the U.S. Most of your partners are here. Personal attacks, Personal attacks. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, so my friend, hey, I'll have you know, I'm I'm great at the fifth grade, fifth uh, greater level. It's fantastic, right? So we need to talk about Blue's Clues or Barney. I'm your guy, French. We can have that conversation any day. Um, but digression aside, uh, I very much think that we're on the way to doing that. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled. So I've had that realization. Um, I've just, our leadership team has had that realization. So I'd expect that to happen, something like that, pretty soon. Because, um, again, I do spend upwards of three weeks, four weeks a month in the U.S., depending on the travel season. As we all know, that hustle we have, like, October, September to November – and then like April until June is crazy. There's so much going on. So definitely working on it. Definitely putting some thought into it. And stay tuned for next year. You guys might be surprised where I end up. Ooh, that's an intriguing question. This is David, by the way. And now we're going to keep bugging you until we figure out where that's going to be. <laughs> and if Danny has it his way, he's going to say, go to Austin, go to Austin. That's where I am. So we'll have to see. That means you guys are going to have too much fun. I don't know if they're going to let you do that, but Austin's a great place. I love Texas. <laughs> It but, is. It yeah. is. Michael, we, we, we have to ask you, since you are on the road a lot, you talked about public speaking, getting on stage. I love how you're pushing yourself to grow in this area because this is one art. And I tell people it's an art and it's a skill that you can get better at and perfect over time. But you've got to put in the work. You're putting in the work. So we know that you have a copy of our book, Talk It Up, A Guide to Successful Public Speaking. Are there any other leadership books that you're currently reading? You mentioned one earlier. Are there any other podcasts or what are you doing to keep yourself on the edge from a leadership perspective and from a public speaking perspective? That's a great question. So from a public speaking perspective, I'll address this because I really feel like you get better by being uncomfortable, first thing, by trying bigger audiences, trying newer content. And really kind of like failing forward. I know it's somewhat overused in the SaaS space where everybody's like, oh, we need to fail quick, fail fast. Yes, but I do think it's true. But I think especially in the public speaking space, you can read about it, you can learn the tricks. But what I've really learned best is by watching. So like early on in my career, 
when I was only probably like a year or two in, I, I'd watch Danny, right? He'd go up on stage, he'd do the thing, accelerate a couple of different conferences, and I learned from how he would do it. So one of the first tricks, again, Danny's just a great example of it because I saw it happening, was cadence, right? So Danny's excellent at the pregnant pause to emphasize a point, right? That's something I learned from him very quickly when he goes on stage and he does his thing. Now, I've seen, seen you talk really, David. I've heard about you talking, but never seen it. But I could tell from a Danny point of view that one of Danny's things is pointed pausing, right? Letting points sink in, making sure the audience has time to digest what you're saying. I got that from Danny in particular. I used to not really do that. So I think that you learn that particular art aspect of it, the science part, the skill part, I think you can read up on, but the execution live in the field that comes from trial and error and from learning on site, being part of that conversation, watching other people's keynotes, being in it, being part of that community, that's where you learn. Now, from a sales management point of view, there's a lot of stuff I'm listening to right now. So one thing I did take a listen to um, recently is sales management simplified. Very interesting, right? Because it kind of focuses on sort of like sales fundamentals, right? And kind of some of the errors that sales leaders make, right? Living in CRM, you know, over-designing processes, not focusing on the end result, focusing more on activities, right? So that's a great book I find in terms of like thinking about how we approach sales culture. So I think that in the pandemic, one of the greatest things to suffer overall in the sales world we all live in um, is sales culture's taking a major hit. Right. A lot of sales positions are now hybrid or fully remote. There's very few in-house sales roles that have like the classic sales room, right? Where you know there'd be a boiler room, you know, the marketing people throw in a pizza and a pack of beer and then leave and never come back, right? That was sort of the way it would be the shark tank. That's gone away. And I think that the current sales talent that we have, like the up-and-comers, the Gen Zs that are entering this right now, are suffering from that. So I would say that that's one of those things I'm tackling right now and I'm trying to learn more about is how do you create a winning sales culture, a culture of sales excellent in a hybrid world. So somebody has a book on that, I would love a recommendation how to build that. Because right now I'm going through all these different sources trying to cobble together my own strategy. But that's a big focus to me now is sales culture, sales excellence. This is Danny. Michael, uh, we have a lot of the training already ready to go if you want to take a stab at it. Oh, do you? Here you got it ready for me? All right, man, we'll talk about it. So before we wrap up, I want our audience to understand that even though you're north of the border, everyone always hears this thing about poutine. And <laughs> I want you to, to tell the audience what it is. Do you enjoy it? If not, do you have a different item of Canadian French cuisine that you like? And I, I bring this up because when I came to visit Sherwood my very first time when they hired me, in the middle of winter, I came up for the interview uh, one of the things that the current VP of uh, marketing took me to was to a restaurant to have escargot. And he said, when you're done with this, then you can take the sales reps out and you guys can go have poutine. So he gave me kind of a mixture of the two. Sure. For you, do you enjoy poutine? If, uh, for our audience who don't know what it is, please tell them what it is. If not, is there some type of Canadian French cuisine or something that's Canadian north of the border that if an American can go north of the border, they should try this? For sure. So I think that, you know, I, and I'd say that Quebec French cuisine, right? It's very unique. It's very good. So poutine's great. So poutine is classic poutine is thick cut fries, uh, a brown gravy or a barbecue chicken gravy, depending on what region you're in, and then cheese curds. So that's like baseline table steaks, right? That's great. And I do like it, but probably my two favorite dishes that you'll get that are really good in Quebec, uh, one of them is cassoulette. So cassoulette's basically a bean and duck dish with like duck confit like the the slow cooked yep. duck legs super good winter dish very hearty right you have that nice thick red sauce some good beans very like filling another thing i love in quebec too is the tartare right of every type so you have the salmon you have the steak 
You have tuna, you have every different type really taken off here. Um, and I'd say overall, just like a lot of the, 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 the comfort foods here, right? Because Quebec is not like, you know, French, right? It is Quebecois. So a lot of the food tends to be a little more trimmed down and simplified. And, but that's what makes it so good. It's less ingredients, more focused on flavor and quality of what you're using, right? Which is why I think it's so amazing. So I highly recommend it. I think it's one of the most unique food styles in all of North America. And even with all the travel, going to Three Forks, Danny, and spending $4,000 on a dinner is great. I love it. Austin's got some great steak. But when it comes to overall food, that's going to be amazing. You really can't beat Montreal for the quality. That is so true. This is Danny. I remember coming up and being treated to that. I was really impressed by that. But when I had to go and spend my own dime, my own dollar, I just went to Tim Hortons. So for the Americans, <laughs> you know, for the Americans who don't know, Tim Hortons, uh, great coffee, great uh, pastries, donuts. Uh, they started, of course, they serve other types of uh, meals and foods like sandwiches and things like that. But sure. if you are on a budget, you don't have much money. Listen, just go to you got ten bucks. For, you got ten bucks. You got ten bucks, right? So you got to make that count. You can get two meals out of there for ten bucks. Exactly. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. So, Michael, we want to thank you for coming on a Twins Talk It Out podcast. We are really grateful to have you here today, not only to share about your background, your expertise. If there's an MSP out there and you want to know how to reach out to Michael, how to work with Michael, maybe you saw him at a couple of events, maybe you heard him speak and you're really impressed about how he can actually help you grow your business, please connect with them on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash IN slash Slater Michael, S-L-A-T-E-R Michael. And you never know, maybe next year, he would actually be in a city relocated near you. And what will that do? It'll give you great opportunities to go out and grab a, grab a great drink with them. And you know, Canadians are north of the border. They, they love their uh, cold, ice cold beverages. So you want to make sure you grab that with them. We also want to let you know that if you need to learn a little bit more about what it means to work with the indirect provider, Michael can help you with that as well. They have a lot of strategy put in place. I love how you broke down 1.0, 2.0, because it is scary to go all in when it comes to cybersecurity. So you have to have a framework. You have to have a journey that you take. These are baby steps. But at the end of the day, when you get completed and you get done with these steps, you feel more secure not only as a managed service provider, but you feel more secure that your client will be protected. At the end of the day, we don't want to see you on the news, nor do we want to see your client on the news. Nope. More SMB businesses are being hacked today than ever before. So, Michael, thank you so very much for joining us on the Twins Talking Up podcast. We appreciate you. And if it's cold north of the border and you want to come down, come on down. I'll take you out for some great <laughs> Texas barbecue. All right. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.